Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Make and Decorate with Stephanie podcast. This is season five, episode 97. And this is the season five mid-season finale where I will take a break and record new guest episodes in January. I will be back with new episodes in early February. The music you are hearing now is called Canon Variation by Twin Music Com, and it is from the YouTube free audio library. I thought that it would be nice to um, switch out this episode's music with the holiday vibe. My guest today is Kristen Esser from the Simple Handmade Everyday podcast. We talk about her recent uh, primary bath renovation, and I helped her with a bit of some of the interior design with that project. Plus, of course, we talk about quilting, knitting, and cross-stitch. And for a time reference, we recorded this in mid-October. Uh, I'm recording this first segment on Monday, December 12th. All right, so let's get into chit chat. Just a reminder, you can fast forward about 20 minutes to get straight to the guest interview. I don't know where you are, but here in the Chicago area, everyone is getting sick. Six people in my husband's department were out sick the same day last week. It was beginning of the week and I knew (laughs) it was not good news. And sure enough, at the end of the week, my husband came home uh, with COVID. So I have been slightly freaking out because it is likely I will get it next. Uh, But uh, I've been wearing a mask, keeping him out of the kitchen and using a separate bathroom. I took a test this morning and so far so good, negative. Because of my vertigo still hanging around, I have had limited sewing time in my studio. I was finally able to sew for about a three hour block last week, which was the first time in about three weeks I could do that. It was really great. I missed it a lot. And um, plus, (laughs) I got an early Christmas gift from my husband this year, and it is a new wall-mounted TV in my studio. Oh, what a difference. It's so great. Uh, I don't have to squint to see the small computer monitor jerry-rigged with a Roku box. (laughs) However, that is a pretty brilliant setup my husband did. Who knew that you could just set up a Roku box to a computer monitor? Uh, But if there's an HDMI port, you can. This new 32-inch TV, though, is a really nice upgrade, and it's on that um, wall bracket that swivels and everything. So um, I have a good view all around the studio, and then my office is just off the studio, and it's a straight-shot view to the TV. And I have the YouTube Premium subscription, which includes YouTube Music, and I have that on a lot when I need to focus on sewing tasks, and it's ad-free, and I love it. 
I'm back to knitting as well. I've made many Christmas balls. Last week, I made three of the mini size Christmas balls from the Arne and Carlos pattern. And those are for my tree. I knitted them in a two color scheme of burgundy and blush yarn to go with my whole rose gold slash burgundy tree theme this year. They are really cute. I really love these mini Christmas balls because they're twice as fast to make and uh, they're a nice, cute little size. So, um, yeah, those are our quick knit. Uh, I knitted a bunch of the larger balls that I'm going to gift away to some of my family and my niece um, specifically asked for the gingerbread man one. So that one is for her. And I put cute little uh, green crystals on the three buttons on the gingerbread man just to give it a little bit of sparkle. And um, so that's pretty much it with the um, crafting sewing, no quilting yet, um, but it's coming. It will be coming. Um, another update to my sewing studio is lighting. I'm updating and improving the lighting in my studio, and it has been a priority this year. So I figured let's do a mini lighting design lesson here. I cannot stress enough how important good lighting is overall. Ceiling or recessed lighting that everybody has is not enough for tasks. The three types of lighting I'm sure you have heard of are general, which are ceiling lights and recessed lighting, ambient, which could be dimmable lights, table lamps, floor lamps that are not designed to be task lighting. And the last type is task lighting. And this type of lighting shines the light you need directly on what you, the task you are performing. So reading lights can be floor or table. A true reading light is a light that has an extension, an arm that puts the light over um, you and shines the light on what you're reading. It's not just a straight up and down floor lamp next to a chair. You can read a book with a floor lamp next to a chair, which is fine, but uh, a reading lamp, a reading light, has an arm that puts the light exactly where it needs to go onto what you're reading. A desk task light is very similar to a reading task light. It extends over your desk work area where you need the light to be focused at. Uh, sewing task lights are very important to us. And any type of light that is positioned over an area of task activities can be considered task lighting. Some people think that ambient lighting is unnecessary but I think it is as important as general lighting. Ambient lighting is softer and it's cozy and can be very nice for conversational areas. And uh, even dimmable chandelier lighting over dining tables creates an ambient lighted uh, room. Candles are the ultimate ambient lighting. They are mood calming and soothing 
especially in these long, dark winter days and nights, because we all know that the days are mostly dark as well. <laughs> um, and uh, it's nice to have some coziness to sort of lift your winter spirits. One more quick tip, anywhere you can have dimmable light switches, do them. You can turn general and task lighting into ambient lighting with a dimmer switch. I love dimmer switches. They're like the best things um, in the, <laughs> the lighting world, I think. Some, even some holiday lights are also coming out with built-in dimmers. So earlier this year, I replaced the ugly and dull fluorescent ceiling light that I had with a flush mount crystal chandelier type light. Uh, and I love it. I so love it. It doesn't, you know, give very much um, bright light output, but it generally lights the room and uh, the crystals cast these really pretty shadows across the ceiling. So it's just nice, um, nice lighting. And then where uh, on my, you know, where I work and sew, I have put uh, task lighting. So I have a daylight table task light uh, over my Bernina sewing machine. Um there's an Ikea task light I've had since my design school days. It's still working. And that is over my serger. And finally, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I got a daylight floor lamp for my work table slash cutting table. And also where my that's where my Juki sewing machine is. Uh, the final phase is the under cabinet lighting to light up the counter workspace where I have my Cricut maker and AccuQuilt machine. So um, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, those were completed. I still have to add a couple, a few more under counter lights. Uh, my husband just put up one just to, you know, test it out and see how I like it. And I love it. So he's got to, he's got to install some more of those. <laughs> Uh, and the, um, I just love the, the daylight lights. They are expensive. They really are. They are an investment, but they, uh, I think they are worth it for your eyesight, uh, in working with detailed, uh, tasks like sewing, threading needles, uh, seeing what you're stitching, um, and I, I always add on, it's an add-on, but I, I add on the uh, clip-on magnifying glass, uh, and that's very helpful, too. You could just bend it down when you need it and bend it back up when you don't. Uh, it's very helpful, definitely, for um, uh, threading needles, both hand and machine. <laughs> Uh, and there's four light strengths too. So you can go all the way up to the brightest or you can take it down a couple of notches. I notice in the evenings, uh, you don't have to have it at the brightest level. Uh, I usually have it at the brightest level if it's uh, daytime. And the, um, the profile of this daylight floor lamp and task lamp is... Uh, it's a very low profile and slim. It takes up very little space. And again, it provides excellent task lighting. Uh, and 
just uh, keep your eye on it. Uh, it may even be on sale right now towards the holidays here. And uh, they do put it on sale um, periodically throughout the year. So keep your eye on that. It's the Daylight Company. Um, and when you've been working in the dark for so long, and then you add proper task lighting, it is a huge difference. If you're like me, you will say, why? Why did I wait so long to do this? I'll tell you why. Fabrics, sewing machines, and patterns are so much more fun to buy, aren't they? (laughs) I know, lighting can be kind of boring and droll um, and expensive, but it is so important, very, very important. Even like in your kitchen, um, you know, for food preps and stuff, um, I, the, this is where recessed lighting can also double as task lighting. If you have one of those recessed lights directly above a spot where you, let's say, you know, have your cutting board and doing that kind of work. The only thing is um, the ceiling lights, even if they are movable, because some of them definitely are tiltable and, um, you know, when they're installed, you kind of like figure that out. But uh, they're nice. And uh, that's what I have in my kitchen for task lighting. But they also do uh, cast a shadow (laughs) because the light is way above you. Uh, and this is where the under counter lights uh, really play a nice role in helping out with that. One more type of lighting that I want to mention is uh, the types of LED lights that are motion activated. Those are so popular right now and just very helpful. They're, they're going everywhere. I, they already have them in closets. They're very inexpensive too. I mean, they're not that expensive and you can just add um, like a strip light inside of your closet and when you open the doors, the light will come on. Um, they, a lot of them, if they're, you know, you don't want cords everywhere, so they will be battery operated. Uh, and you can also put that type of lighting under counters. We just put a round, it's probably like a five inch round uh, motion activated light, LED light at the bottom of our back porch stairs to the back door. They, the porch light, like uh, um, when we open our interior back door to go onto the porch, that's where the one light is. But then when you go down the stairs to the exterior back door, there is no light. And I, years ago, got from Ikea uh, a, a simple light, which was only had the cord and an, an aluminum shade and just a light bulb, simple light that I wanted to put inside that doorway area to light it. But uh, I didn't consider that there, <laughs> there was no outlet right there. And my husband didn't want to have it direct wired. So that didn't work. And we continued to be in the dark down there. 
Um, but as Cooper is getting older, he hesitates going down the stairs. And my husband came home with this light one day. Well, it, actually, it was after he installed my under counter lights into my studio. That gave him the idea. And he installed it. Um, and it's battery operated. And it is amazing. I love it. We all love it. <laughs> It's just the little simple thing as a little bit of light is amazing. And the one thing is, though, that um, it's it's not heated out there. So uh, when the temperature gets cold, the ba- it, like the batteries don't work and then the light doesn't work. So uh, then my, my husband got these lithium ion type of batteries that... Um, are able to withstand cold uh, down to, I don't know, it, very cold. <laughs> I don't even know that these type of batteries exist. So uh, that was uh, news to me. And so far, so good. They Those batteries are working great. And we are back in business. And uh, it automatically turns off after a few seconds after you've... Um, there's no motion anymore. So I highly recommend those lights and they're available at just any, um, you know, hardware store. And again, not really that expensive at all. All right. So that's going to wrap up my mini uh, lesson for lighting. I hope that uh, some of this was helpful to you. And if you have any questions, you can always let me know. Um, And uh I will put some links into the show notes uh, for the day daylight company because for sewing, those are just great lights for that purpose. And even for hand stitching, uh, cross stitching and knitting, uh, those are great lights to have for those tasks as well. I'm going to do just one quick what I am watching a show to recommend and that is on Acorn and it is called Keeping Faith. Uh, it is a Welsh show, TV show filmed in Wales and the main character Faith is an attorney in a small coastal town. Her attorney husband in the same family law firm because his father is also um, uh, was head of that law firm. Well, this husband goes missing and they have three small kids, and it is full of mystery, bold characters, and of course, one of my favorite characters, as always, is the beautiful landscape, which in this show is the beach with rocky cliffs and these really big flat beaches that they drive right onto with their cars. So it's, it's really beautiful. It's so cool. And there are three seasons to the show. I and I just finished the the last season, and um, realized I didn't realize that that was it. That was like the series finale. But at, at the very end of the show, um, I could tell. I was like, "Wait a second! This is really feeling like it's all over. Like the series, it's a series ending." And I looked it up, and sure enough, <laughs> that's what it was. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I really recommend that show. It's it's really great uh, and um, kind of a fresh sort of types of storylines. Uh, there are 
detective inspectors involved in mysteries, uh, crime and murder mysteries along the way. But the story of this um, attorney, her family and in-laws and trying to be a mom as well as um, having her career, lots of drama and lots, loads of fun. And if you don't have Acorn, you could probably knock this out the three seasons uh, with one of their um, free seven day trials over the holiday break. So maybe uh, give that show a whirl. All right. Here we are at the guest segment of the show. My guest is Kristen Esser. She is a small business owner, a mom to three grown children and has a podcast called Simple Handmade Every Day. Kristen shares her creative life with us and, like me, is a multi-crafter. I absolutely love her podcast. And today we share a home reno project that we worked on together for her master bath. So let's get to it. Hi, Kristen. Welcome to my podcast. Yay. Hi, Stephanie. So good to be here. I'm so excited. I am excited, too. This is going to be so much fun. And I listen to your podcast on the regular. Uh, and we have a lot of similarities. And we do have some differences, too, which I think is fun. <laughs> okay. What are your what are the differences? I want to know. <laughs> the difference you is so close. You so close and I don't. Well, yeah, I just started to get back into that again. Um, that's what I sewed to begin with before I ever started quilting. But the the main difference with us is you love organizing your home. <laughs> and I do not. <laughs> I listen to you and you're just like, oh, you know, this deep cleaning here and that there. And, and I'm just like, oh, God bless you. Because he did not give me... <laughs> I hear that, especially that a few years ago, I was watching cleaning videos and recommending clean with me videos. And people were like, what are you talking about? I have actually watched those to um, inspire myself. And some some of them have worked. And others, I just I'm like, are you kidding me? Especially like some of these Japanese ones, <laughs> because they are. I, I mean, I admire them. I really do. But they are fastidious to like the nth degree. Yes. yes. Like the I woman watched- was washing out her dryer filter on like a weekly basis. It was wow. <laughs> That's crazy. I watched yeah. one of uh, those Japanese ones just the other day. And yes, I, I know what you mean. It's like <laughs> just a little over the top. No. Yeah. I've yeah. never washed my dryer filter. I want you to know that. <laughs> I haven't either. I didn't even know that was a thing you should do. I don't think it is. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. So yeah, that's like one of our main differences. Okay. But we have a lot of similarities too. So um, I guess, you know, I, I think we have similar audiences, listeners, but um, talk uh, about, you know, you quilt and you knit and you cross stitch. So what drew you to your creative hobbies? It was definitely an evolution. So um, growing up, my mom was an amazing seamstress. When I was little, she made all my clothes. She made all my my um, Halloween costumes. She made both my prom dresses. So I mean, she was amazing. So she she also um, 
embroidered and did some cross stitch and um, even did like macrame in the in the 70s. So she oh, was yeah. just, you know, being creative and crafty, you know, was not a stretch for me at all. Um, she didn't really teach me to sew. I learned that in eighth grade home ec <laughs> um, and uh, and did through high school make some of my clothes and things like that. So that was all pretty normal. Then in my in my 20s. I kind of inherited my mom's sewing machine. And that's when I started like doing home decor stuff. So this was, um, when would this be? Like the late 80s. So like puffy valances and oh, yes. toaster covers. And, do you remember stiffy bows? You do these big dip kind of like in this weird gluey start stuff and put these bows on baskets and, you know, yeah. you put towels in your bathroom. So I did all of that kind of stuff um, as I was first, you know, kind of nesting in my own apartment. Um, and then, you know, then I worked and it, it kind of all got dropped until um, I had kids. And then I was a stay-at-home mom, absolutely loved it, but was kind of just looking for something to do for me. First, I tried taking French lessons. <laughs> Oh, how fun. It's hard though, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I, I love French. I took French in high school. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to become fluent in French while my kids are little. Well, it was, it was too much out of the house, you know, language lab time. So that didn't work out. So I was like, okay, what can I do while we're watching TV or something? So I wanted to embroider, but my problem with embroidery is that I didn't know what I would do. Like I didn't want embroidery embroidered things in my house. It wasn't my style, but I like to do it. Mm -hmm. And then I um, found knitting. I thought, okay, so that's interesting. So that's when I, I learned to knit. And I used to watch this TV show called Nitty Gritty. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, do you remember that show? I loved that show. And I taught all my kids were like small and, and I taught them all to knit so we could all sit there together <laughs> and knit while I watched this show. Um, and then by getting into knitting, and that's when blogs were really big, oh, um, okay. I was following Soul Mama and Posy Gets Cozy, and they were making quilts, just simple patchwork quilts. Hmm. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. So I thought it would be like a one and done. I'm going to make a quilt, and then I will have done that thing. I had no idea. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I just I ended up um, buying like eight charm packs of French General because mm -hmm. I love that fabric line. And so that I didn't have to make any fabric choices, you know, I was just like, I like all this and I just sewed it together. And then I took a quilting glass and, you know, one thing led to another. And mm -hmm. then I was a quilter all of a sudden. Oh, so, wow. it was just, you know, just one thing yeah. led to another. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's fun. And uh, and then more recently, I think you've returned to cross stitch. Is that? Yeah. So I did a little bit in my, uh, you know, my my youth. I don't even exactly remember where. Never a lot. But for that, you know, I work kind of closely with Fat Quarter Shop and I do quilt alongs with them. And, and they asked me, do you cross stitch? And at first I just said, no, no, that's just not my thing. And then, um, they did that with Lori Holt, the, the great granny square along. Mm -hmm. And so I was joined in from a quilting level, but then I saw the, the little free chart from Fat Quarter Shop of a little cross stitch. And I was mm -hmm. like, you know, I have embroidery thread that I inherited from my mom. I'm like, I'm going to just see. And, and I even had the eight o'clock. My daughter had done a Christmas ornament one year. And man, I just got hooked. I just wow. got hooked. It's, it's just, um, it's, you know, I do, I, I also like to hand piece. So I like handwork. I like to knit. I like to hand sew, hand quilt. Mm -hmm. And so it's just another extension of that, of I think of it as a little bit of a quieter hobby than sewing on a machine. Mm -hmm. I can just sit down in the evening. It's easy. It's just in a basket by my chair. I can pick it up and put it down um, yeah. for the last 10 minutes of my lunch break or whatever. 
And um, yeah, it's nobody is more surprised than me than I that I like cross stitch. Um, but I also went back to my embroidery issues. I'm not exactly sure what to do with the projects because a lot of them are very homespun and cutesy. Mm-hmm. And that is not my decorating aesthetic at all. So right. I'm not hanging a bunch of samplers on my wall. So I don't know mm-hmm. what I'm going to do with them yet. I'm still exploring <laughs> that. Well, I saw the pillow you made and that was really cute. And I think the pillows are um, the right choice for home decorating with that type of thing. And also, uh, you can frame them. I have a client that um, does needlepoint mostly, but and she's very good at it. She's been doing it for, you know, decades. And uh-huh. she cross-stitched as well. And she did these beautiful, it was like a um, collection um, of these Victorian homes and her home is a Victorian style home, but they were done in like lighter, softer pastel colors. And, uh, she, she had me frame them and listen, when you, um, invest in a custom framer, anything looks good. <laughs> anything looks good in a frame, I but these actually came was... out beautiful. They I'm were just sure. so gorgeous. Yeah. And then, and then we hung on them as a grouping. So I think that's how it looks best. I think if you're doing it for home decor, but that's just me and my little two cents in there. <laughs> no, I agree. And I, I thought that that cross stitch was a really inexpensive hobby till I found out how much it costs to frame them. <laughs> yes. That Framing. is crazy. I know. It is crazy. It really is. And I mean, I'm even used to the prices now and I still am like, really? <laughs> but then I have to think about, you know, I mean, how much to just buying the backing of a quilt cost, you know? I mean, so obviously True. quilting's not a, a cheap yeah. hobby. But I do have an area in the eating area of my kitchen that um, we just have a, like a whiteboard that we use all the time on one in a calendar and the other. And I was looking at those walls thinking, you know, I could maybe put some cross stitch there and things that are, I feel like just in the kitchen, the things that are a little bit more on the homespun side, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. make more sense than hanging yeah. them in the, in my living room or something. So I, I've got this kind of tucked away. I also love this whole idea of they have these like wooden, like a dough bowl, they call them, I guess maybe for ideas, be proofing yep. it for a long. And um, you can take a lot of like, they take a lot of little cross stitch, um, you know, like a three inch something and turn those into little pillows and just stack oh, those in the cute. dough bowl. And that would be a cute way to just, you know, knock out those small projects and, yeah. you know, just have them as a, on a Very table somewhere. Cute. Yeah. So that's my other plan. I, I did cross stitch a few projects as a kid, but I um never really like stuck with it. And then even now I just have no interest. <laughs> I'm gonna get you hooked. I've gotten a few people hooked <laughs> since I've started this, and I'm very proud of that. Um, um, because it's- I I it's just to me it just seems so monotonous of just, you know, you're doing either X's or you're follow you're following like to the T these little teeny tiny like boxes and and stitches. See, you say monotonous. I say, you know, Zen like, meditative. Mm-hmm. That's the, the the difference. You can also like knock back a lot of audiobooks and um TV mm-hmm. shows while you're doing yes. this too. No, it's like <laughs> it's true, but I I mean I prefer I brought some of my little projects here, but I, I much prefer like the hand embroidery 
to. Um, oh, how cute. I guess. Yeah, that definitely <laughs> is. is let you do more of my, your own thing. Yeah, I'm holding up my um, I, this towel, tea towel is um, I got it from the last Tomley house. Um, Kate. And Kate. So like her goose and her yes. cats and everything. Her bees. Here. I see and it, that. And when I got it immediately, I thought I know exactly what I'm going to do with this. And um, but it took me like a year and a half to actually start it. And then like this year, I really spent some evenings. Those quilt blocks are so yeah. cute. And you've oh, got it. Nice. If it's from Kate, it has to be loud and proud and colorful or you're it not yes, paying yes, homage absolutely. to her. <laughs> I know. I know for sure. So I'm almost done with it. I just have the bottom row of the quilt blocks to do because my other thing is I'm not going to uh, embroider every little thing on here because then it would be okay. too much. It's um, lovely. It's just darling. So that's my modern touch on it. I'm calling it. <laughs> There you go. There you go. <laughs> but that's a hand needle art and I like it. I just like the freedom to put whatever you want. I can put um, colonial knots all in this section or I can do chain stitch here or, you know, other stitches. And I think that's why I just uh, cross stitch, which is weird because I... I I am a contradiction sometimes because I'm very detail oriented and that would be perfect for a detail oriented person. But I'm also kind of like a, I love, cur yeah. I love curvy sewing and curvy quilting, uh, double wedding quilts. So I just like more organic things. Okay. Yeah. I think see, that's I, I just think why. <laughs> it, you know, it, 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 it it depends on like what you're looking for at different times because you're, you're looking for the creative freedom. Yeah. I'm looking for in some ways um, to get away from decision fatigue. Someone's made this, this decision for me. <laughs> I just need to go in and out yeah. here, change the colors and it just knitting is That's the same true. way. Yeah. You know, like you just, you just, you know, the knit stitch for 200 stitches is just somehow uh, mm -hmm. just frees the mind of any like types of decisions. And, and sometimes that's what I'm after. Sometimes I'm after the, you know, more of scratching the creative itch. It just depends mm -hmm. on where you're at. Yeah. And I just started knitting uh, in 2020 at the beginning of the pandemic. And I've always wanted to knit. I, I, I just, it's been one of the things, but I, no one around me knits. And um, there's not a ton of yarn shops around here. In fact, I'm driving an hour and 15 minutes away. Um, and that's with low traffic, <laughs> <laughs> um, on November 3rd to do a meet and greet with Arne and Carlos, um, the knitters from serious? Norway. Yes. 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 Oh, I so, am insanely jealous. That's how far away, like a nice, uh, yarn shop. There's a couple in the city, um, that I've seen, but some of them have closed down. There was a real nice one, just the town over from me, but then they closed down. So around here, it's just a little more challenging to find local yarn shops. Um, That's and, the same here. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but now like you can YouTube. That's, I learned, I learned entirely on YouTube how to knit and, um, when I wanted to knit like uh, 15 years ago, there really wasn't. Trying to learn how to do a long tail <laughs> cast on from a book yeah. is ridiculous, which is how I learned to do it. But my husband 
read me the instructions as I was trying to do it. And, and then I got a DVD. That's how long ago it was for yeah. me. Um, and that really helped. But YouTube, you, I mean, obviously you can, I even have a whole uh, oh. playlist on my YouTube channel of other people's videos of teach yourself to knit. This, these, these are the oh, best yeah. resources. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, like there's a, a channel called very pink knits. She oh. is amazing. Uh-huh. And if you want to learn how to knit socks, she is the woman to go to. She ah, breaks it down so beautifully. I've watched a couple of her videos. Um, and there's a couple of other channels. I don't remember their names, but I've watched them. And oh, there's one. I'm going to actually talk about it on my next podcast. But um, she's in uh, Finland and she's young and beautiful and um, like very cheery. Uh, is this and- is this a... Uh- Kiki? Yes. Yes. I love her. I Look love it. We, her. We could have won a like guess it game. <laughs> she's young. Like, she knits. She's, she's beautiful. She just knit her own wedding dress. I know. I know. Yes. I watched it and I could not believe my eyes. I And I was and rewinding was, some parts and. Oh, I was in um, it while she was doing it. I was so invested in this. And she was like making design decisions as she went, which blows my mind with knitting. Yeah. And people like uh, Stephanie McPhee, the, the yarn harlot, I don't know if you know who she, mm-hmm. she is, but she'll be like designing a shawl. And she's like, okay, I'm coming to the corner here. Not really sure what I'm going to do. When I, I'm just like, what are you talking about? I am so not a three-dimensional thinker, uh, which is why I quilt and don't make clothes. Uh-huh. Um, that... Yes, but the and ah oh, yes, and I remember she Kiki, she made something happen and then like all the the sleeves just fell down, like the whole top of the bodice was not working and I was like, No, but she fixed it, <laughs> you know? No, she's yeah. is she on your podcast next, are you saying? No, no, no. I, but no. I am going to ask her, actually. <laughs> I'm okay. going to try to get her yes. on for the second half of my season. But um, no, I've just discovered her. I, 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 I didn't know anything about her until recent, until the wedding dress in the summer. And, um, I was thoroughly amazed and, um, her personality is so nice. And she's just one of those types of people that, um, uh, doesn't make it look overcomplicated. Um, no. But no, it probably is. It very easy and very <laughs> yeah. appealing. And she knits yeah. everywhere. So it's just like you can just take this. I know. Yeah, everywhere. she takes it with her everywhere. Sometimes I need to focus so I can't take like a complicated knit, but I'll take like the elementary everywhere. Right. Um, because it's it gets just too a big. Stock and then it's like. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my problem now. Yes, but. but I could not believe she made, she knitted her wedding dress and it was perfect. It was just um well i mean fit, let's fitted. just face it that anything would look beautiful on her she's just got the it's most true. perfect little shape she does she has but, yes the yeah, perfect silhouette. it was gorgeous though absolutely but when, gorgeous. and then when she twirled that was it i was just like oh drop the <laughs> mic <laughs> yeah and she just had a book come out yeah um, i know yeah, I can't wait and to so get I thought it. about getting it. My my problem with her knitted sweaters is she has a st- couple details that I don't think would work for me at my I'm I'm tall and stuff. She does a lot of very balloony sleeves, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know about on a knitted sweater. And she does these very thick um, uh, necklines and stuff. But one thing yeah. I do like is she has necklines that really like I'm wearing a boat neck here, but um, that come up here. I feel like so many knitted sweaters, they're way the necklines way out here, and they're people are always wearing like a t-shirt under them. I'm like, yeah. 
that that's not that's not cool, <laughs> you know. So right. but she's got a, a bunch of you know very cute style details, yeah. and uh, she's yeah. She, My she's only a thing is that she probably because on her free pattern when I signed up for her uh, email or whatever um, went up to an extra large. So I'm like, oh, I'm just outside of her thing because I because oh. her sweater is generous. I mean, it was I'm like, yes, yeah, say she does everything this is very wide oversized. enough. So I think I'm going to still try to make it because it seems wide enough. But um, I was thinking of, but I really, I mean, even just one more inch would really like probably make that fit better. So now, now how do I figure that out? Yeah. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. <laughs> Knit, knitting, knitwear designers, I think are just like in a whole different class themselves with how they, are, they do their patterns and the yeah. adjustments. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, um, are are there any other whips you want to talk about that you've got going on? Um, well, so you and I are both uh, knitting the elementary shawl. Did you start it last year with uh, I did. when Francis and I started it? Yeah. How how far are you? All right. I have a sad story about this. <laughs> oh, no. Where did it go? Here it is. So I have restarted this thing. So I got like eight inches and then this is when I just first like conquered the pearl stitch. So this is a very good exercise for that, but I wasn't happy with the way the tension was looking. Mm -hmm. So I restart, I pulled that out and I started again. Um, And then I kept going, but um, I have like what? 10 inches here. Okay. Yeah. But you could see these holes and it's uneven tension but I'm like, what that they're not um, they're the stitch is correct. It's just that it's very loose. It's and not a drop stitch. Okay. I looked. It's not a drop stitch. I looked at the pattern. Guess what? I'm using the wrong size needle. It's That's too exactly small. what I was going to say. I, you, I think you need a different size needle. Too small. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, I'm so disgusted with this. Is I it too to small? Put, I would actually it think away. it would be too big. Usually, if it's too, if their needles are too big, that gives you that looser look. I would think you'd want smaller needles. Really? Yeah, that's that's going to tighten. Well, here's the thing that confused me with that: Uh, Pearl Soho, which has the pattern, almost like several times, several years, they have um, uh, done this pattern in a different type of yarn and in a different way like some of the cast-ons are different number of stitches and stuff so the original one I looked at is what I bought the yarn for and then the one that I pulled the instructions for I think is <laughs> with the the linen yarn or something like that I didn't I just thought that it's the same instruction so I get however I find this pattern Instead of yeah. like, you know, printing it out, I would just go back on and because it's a stockinette stitch, so you don't need to print it out, right? Well, exactly. But um, yeah, so what's, do you know what weight of yarn you're using? Um, I think that this is Aaron or no. Aaron's usually it's, heavy. It's, it's DK. Okay, see DK, but, but it's cashmere. I'm not cashmere. It's um alpaca wool blend. So it's, it's got like a, soft, a loft and and that loft, kind of uh, floppy fluffy fibers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not. A and real what size crisp needles are you on? Thing. 
And then I am on. Whoa, that's really small. Yeah. <laughs> Can't read the numbers on here. Uh oh, a five. Oh. I think okay. it's a five. Yeah, that doesn't it's sound it's a 3.75 millimeter. Okay, I'm not off the top of my head. I'm not sure, but you, you might try swatching. As much as we hate to do that, um, I, what, I would go a little bit smaller if you've got holes. But, but then also, um, you know, when you block this at the end, you know, you're going to mm. soak it, and a lot of those little holes might uh, the yarn will redistribute a little bit. So see, um, here at the beginning, I was doing fine. So I don't know why. I think when I started traveling with it and taking it with me, that's when it started to get all crazy. <laughs> and if you stop mid row, like I, I'm not really perfect about this, but if you stop mid row and then you pick it up a week later, sometimes that can be a wonky stitch right I there. I think that's probably what happened because when I was just doing it at home down here, it looks a lot better and more consistent. Yeah, that could be. Mm -hmm. But anyway, it's all coming out. <laughs> Ah, it's worth and it. It's worth it. It's I'm all like, just I don't even anyways. know if I'm going to restart this one. I might like find a different pattern for this yarn because I'm so fed up with it. <laughs> oh, put it in timeout. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I am hoping to finish that this year. So I just pulled Ooh, that I can't out. Wait to see. Yeah. And it's a, and I did use the linen quill, I think it's called. Um, oh, see? That yarn from Pearl Soho. And yeah. it's very beautiful. It's kind of a dusty pink. It's, it's very pretty. Ooh, um, I love that color. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I had a hard time picking colors for that. That's and then nice. um, the, the other thing I'm knitting is, um, you know, I live in Southern California, so knitting is problematic for me. Is this everything's too hot? Even I don't even have. There's not that much time of the year I can wear my knitted socks. Mm. <laughs> Just <laughs> even though I love to make them, so mm -hmm. that's when I started um, knitting, and I've just kind of started on this knitting hats for charity. For um, it's called Knots of Love, and they do. Mm. Um, hats for people undergoing chemo mm -hmm. and, um, and I'm a breast cancer survivor. So that seemed like a good fit. So mm -hmm. I've got about three hats ready to go that I need to send them. And, and that also just, it's an easy pattern, you know, they have free patterns on their website. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of scratches that itch for me when I get obsessed with knitting for a while, I can knock out it, a few that, hats. That's how it happens for me. It seems like I get obsessed because last year, um, I, knitted hats and cowls for my family and from October through December and boy by the time I was done with all of those I'm like oh, it's a good time to take a break because I was just on this knitting obsession <laughs> I know I am I'm the same way I'm the same way and so that's nice that we've got like different hobbies that can you know feel I'm so done knitting okay I'm gonna go make a quilt or isn't you know. it not? yeah 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 I like that I just like uh, the and I like that knitting is newer to me because it's um fun to learn I just love learning and yes. um just uh you know trying to do a new um, I like to try it all really, except for cross stitch. Cause I've already tried do, it. <laughs> do you go down the rabbit hole on YouTube of like finding all the, the knitting YouTubers and then, you know, it's the same thing for all yeah. the they call it floss tube for cross stitch yeah. and, uh, you know, and, and people, you can find people have different styles and different mm -hmm. little tricks and different personalities. And it's just kind of fun to dive into that world for a little while. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think that the cross stitch um, uh, patterns and what they turn out to be are very pretty. I mean, I just, 
I, I do admire them and I, I admire the needlepoint as well because that's done with a more like fluffy wool um, thread or yes. yarn. But it's the same sort of concept of a, on a grid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I would like to try needlepoint because I think they some um, I've seen some very beautiful like sort of tapestry pillows that I feel mm-hmm. like I could maybe use in my decor. But um, those things are expensive. Like They are. I never knew how expensive it was, but my client um, gave me like a bunch of needlepoints she had finished and I took them to a place to be blocked. And um, while I was waiting, I was looking around at all their uh, can, can, whatever you call them. Canvases, canvases. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And beautiful designs. And they were well over, they were like $300 and up. And I was like, oh. What? Just for the canvas. Just for, <laughs> Just for the, the canvas. canvas. Well, I, I asked my client, I'm like, why are these so, she said they're hand painted. Yes. That's why. I yeah. know. There's a quilt pattern designer that's that's out there that she does quilts. And then now she's into doing um, needle points. And, I'm, mm-hmm. and she does like these bags or you can frame them or whatever. And I'm like, okay, this is perfect because they're these modern designs. Mm-hmm. But she hand paints them and this, you know five by eight pattern is $150. Yeah. Just like, yeah. And, but she sells out. So other people mm-hmm. are apparently willing to pay that, but that just knocked yeah. my socks off. Me um, too. So. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I think I'll stick with quilting. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden quilting looks like a bargain. <laughs> oh, so, one last um, thing I want to show you. This is something I just started a couple of weeks ago. It's a sweater for my dog. <sighs> That is darling. This This is a pearl soho pattern too. Is it? Yeah. And you're supposed to, um, that's how far I am. So I'm all the way up. I'm I'm at the part where you're starting to shape the arms. But yes, um, it it took four skeins um, of yarn and I only had two of each of these colors. So this is like one of my creative, you know, things that I did. I'm like, every two inches, it's going to be a stripe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good for you. So and, I switch uh, out and the so, yarn every two inches. And it, I really like how it's coming. It's turning out. Absolutely. It's like uh, he could be like uh, go to Hogwarts or something. He's like a, yeah. like a house sweater. You know, or something. The sleeves or something, you know, like that's, uh-huh. that's some pretty that's more advanced knitting so yeah yeah so now that I have oh I know I and I um when I got just like the back done and then you had to start doing the round part of the belly I started to look ahead at the steps and then it just totally like overwhelmed me and I'm like oh am I gonna finish this but I I can because it's broken down and I like the way that they did the pattern and the instructions because they are in little groups of like you know this is the you know, um, this part and then this is the chest and this is the the chest. Yes. The chest. And this is the divide the chest and this is the arms and, you know, so it's a lot of steps, but I mean, I'm getting through it and it's pretty impressive. I must say. (laughs) It absolutely is. Absolutely. (laughs) So, um, yeah, like you, I haven't done a ton of quilting, um, but I'm about to get back on that, um, soon. How about you? Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, I've kind of, uh, 
not had a bunch of uh, quilting mojo for for a while here, I kind of took a break from designing my own patterns and just started doing other people's patterns, which, which helps because, you know, again, less decisions to make. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm in the middle of um, some sort of remaking things. I'm in the middle of a granny square quilt. I've already done a granny square quilt, but you know, like I try not to repeat things too often, but Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of a fun, easy um, quilt. It's the Lori Holt pattern. And what's fun about that is sort of each block can be its own little work of art in terms of your contrast and your color placement. And that, granny square style block and hers is a great granny square so it actually has one more layer of of squares so it's it's a big okay. block um and yeah so you can just it, it can look very different depending on where you how what the contrast is between each round so i'm working on that um one of the my favorite quilts i made last year it was called cabin valley it's this modern log cabin all in solids and i loved it and it came together in no time because it's just you know log wow. cabins and then I, I gifted that, and but I really want one. <laughs> so I to, now I'm just going to make that one again. Yeah, make it for yourself. I know it's so hard you know, for me that I have. I mean, we have one quilt in this house. It, it's my husband's, and it's you know because he asked me to make this for him, and I did a t-shirt quilt from all of his. Um, well, I guess they're considered um, vintage rock shirts now, like yeah. Nirvana, Nirvana okay, <laughs> Metallica, yeah. um, Rush, like all those. And um, yeah, because I give everything away and now I'm just like, put my foot down. I need to make, you know, a quilt for me. And yes, you should. Yeah. See, I was the opposite. I just made them for us for the longest time. So mm-hmm. I have all the early quilts I made, which are not at all my style. I was like trying to figure out what my style uh, was. And okay. I did a lot of darks and what, you know, in the fabric, what do you call dulls, you know, even <laughs> um, 19 or what 18, you know, what are the, the reproduction fabrics? Yeah. The, the Civil War things. Um, I have one of those that I kind of it's it's the great it's the best size and weight, but the, aesthetically it does not do anything for me anymore. Mm-hmm. But at some point, I've told the story in my podcast before. I had this online friend on Instagram, and um, she was just a beautiful person, quilter, and we you know exchanged fabric. We had this whole thing, and she um, fell down the stairs putting away suitcases and um, broke both legs, <gasps> and then just very. Out of the blue, I think she developed blood clot and she died. She was like 50 years old, just like, boom. And I was absolutely heartbroken. And her family, when they did her funeral, they asked if you've ever received a a quilt or something from Renee, bring it. That whole church was covered in quilts and scarves and hats and socks and, you know, all the things she had made and given away. And I went, oh, my gosh. I am such a selfish quilter. I need to give things away. Oh my, it's like, just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> so now I'm on a mission. Like each one of my siblings has one. I have some of my friends, my sort of my, my best friend's mom. Like I'm, I'm on a mission to give it away. But I, mean, what's funny is because I'm, they were all hard to give away because I loved all of those quilts. I'm like, mm. but no, I want to keep this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I started giving away and that feels good. But mm-hmm. I feel like I want more quilts that are my aesthetic in my house. Right. Than I and that's, have. that's why I enjoy your podcast too, is that, you know, that's an area where we have been different, but it's been like, when you say I don't make gifts for the holidays and I have a problem with that because uh, for myself, because I get myself into these like crazy, you know, time crunches and um, I need to like, 
I've I've done better. Last year I did well because all I you know did were like the hats and the the cowls and stuff. So that was a lot less stressful. But you know, years before that, and um, I I'm like I need to take a page out of Kristen's book and do my best this year to, to not make. <laughs> The holidays are stressful enough to put all that on. So every gift I've given is just been out of the blue. Like here is a gift. I love you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's like not a birthday because I don't want to feel like there's anything that needs to be reciprocal. This is just for you, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So no, go easy on yourself with the holidays. That's my whole mantra. I've enjoyed, yeah, uh, hearing that from you. And um, so it's kind of inspiring to me um, to uh, stop the insanity (laughs) (laughs) good (laughs) so talking about your podcast let's learn about that and your blog simple handmade every day ah so when I first started blogging, uh, I don't even know when that was, um, you know, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago, it actually started out as a mommy blog and it was called They Grow Up Too Fast. And it was, you know, it's about my kids and homemaking and things like that. And then as I discovered quilting, um, that that sort of content started to to take over. And then I really wanted it to be a, a, a quilting um, blog. So there's... Uh, you know, there's tutorials and free patterns, and and I kind of went that way for a while, but then, um, then my friend Frances Dowell, she's the off kilter quilts. I listened to her podcast. That's how Me we too. originally met. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she's I amazing. had her I on could, my show early on. She was. Uh, I love her. She's so nice, and I love her podcast too. And the way she talks, I could I could just listen to her read the phone book. She has just such a, a beautiful yes. voice, which is why when she reads for her quilt fiction podcast, yeah. it's just like I could listen to that all day long. <laughs> Um, but so we, we were now friends and we talk uh, very regularly and, um, and you know, we just talk about all the things that, you know, we're into, right. She's like, you should have a podcast. And she literally just said, and you should talk about your quilting and your knitting and like the books you're doing and the, like the TV <laughs> shows that you watch and like your organizing tips, that's what it should be. And I sat on it for probably a year, but then I just did exactly that. <laughs> I just did exactly what she told me to do. And uh, it's worked out great because I think for me, the the varied content takes the um, pressure off having like a quilt done every two weeks to talk about, you know, because mm-hmm. I just I cannot be that prolific. And and I think, you know, we as crafty people, as people who sew and quilt and knit or whatever, we have a lot of common interests, you know, um, mm-hmm. I think, or a lot of us are readers. And I, there's a huge number of people in of my audience that, you know, love the whole cozy mystery thing on TV or in books that that mm-hmm. I love. And um as people with with creative hobbies where our supplies overwhelm us, I think there's always an interest in organizing and um, <laughs> <Yes. you> know, <laughs> things like that. So um, the I think, you know, the the very content, you know, a lot of people have commented that they they like that. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how it started. And it's been it's coming up, I think, on four years, um, which is I find kind of kind of amazing. I know it and- goes fast because I just started my fifth year and. I can't believe it. Frances, and when I had her on the podcast, I told her she was really a, you know, vital part of me actually going for it and starting it. Like I, I took four, literally four years of re- I researched Pat Flynn, the equipment. Um, I had the microphone and everything first. <laughs> and then Did it was you? just that. Yeah. It was just that fright. 
it was just like, what if nobody listens? What if I sound stupid? And <laughs> I totally get it. I dragged my feet for about a year and I really did it on the, on the cheap. I bought a, a decent microphone and I think that's all the equipment that I bought. <laughs> well, and Frances says she records on a record. Well, it just died. It's the one that she's had for a long, long time. And I don't know what it looks like, but I'm assuming it's just like this little handheld thing. That's yeah, what I which thought is, it was too. Yeah, which, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, exactly. So, and her sound has always been good. So yeah. I really did worry about my sound for a long time. Um, yeah. But I feel like I finally got that yours dialed good. in. Yeah, yours is good. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and, I recorded um, in the master closet, the master bedroom closet for about the first two years. Did uh, you really? <laughs> I really did. I would get put this, this uh, piece of plywood over the hamper and just put my computer there and drag a chair in because, you know, it was small and closed and had lots of dampening, you know, mm-hmm. and then it just got to be summer and it got too hot. And <laughs> so I couldn't do that anymore. I know. So. I, I get a chuckle out of people who do record in their closets because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if maybe they, well, you know, I have an area rug and draperies and even like a, over the doorway here, I have a drapery panel that I will I will close if like my husband's home and stuff, but it all absorbs sound. And I've never yeah. had an issue with the echo that all these other people say uh, they have. Yeah, if you've like, got maybe you need ceilings. to get an area rug. <laughs> <laughs> when I do record, I record in this room that I'm in now and I have just usually a pile of pillows right in front of me just to, for that dampening because it's kind of an empty room since my children left. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, empty nester. Yeah. Oh. Um, and so let's talk about you had a major decorating project this year. Your master I never bath. could have gotten through it without you, Stephanie. And it's because <laughs> I listened to your podcast and I, <laughs> that one podcast, I felt so bad for you. And I am like, I have to reach out to her because I, I just. That woman is what, stuck. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, whether she wants my help or not, I just have to offer it because I just. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, I, it's, I felt like just very terrible that you were going through such a hard time um, over, you know, this over a silly stuff. bathroom remodel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we've been in this house for 26 years and our bathroom and the house is like uh, 35 plus years old. Um, and the, uh, the master bathroom is the last room that we have not done anything with. And, um, for a number of, of reasons, one is just that, you know, and some, who cares? It's just us, you know, that, that sees right. it. And, um, every time we kind of geared up to, to do it, like, there were just better things to do with the money. So finally it was at the top of the list. And that was my, my goal for this year. If I do nothing else, Lord, let me get this bathroom done, mm-hmm. um, and it really, it was very, it was dated things. The the color scheme was dated. We had this light fixture that was, had been drooping for 10 years and the paint was peeling. It was terrible. <laughs> so um, the, and part of the problem of why um, it was so hard to get started on it is the, this house, one of the things I liked about it is that there are lots of angles in the house and the, the bathroom countertop and, and vanity uh, had like this 45 degree angle on one mm-hmm. on the left hand side where the 
that little wall was. So I could not just pop into any, uh, you know, bathroom store and just like your Home Depot or whatever, just buy one, which I tried. You and I talked about that. Just let's mm-hmm. just leave that empty. And yeah, just somehow it, it didn't work. So mm-hmm. um, I think the hardest thing getting off the ground was was the vanity because I felt like that's I think you were, I think, was it you that was like, you need to start with the floor, but for me, I needed to start with the vanity. I don't know if maybe it was somebody else that said, start with the floor. (laughs) We did talk about the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But But, I don't know if I told you to start with it though. Okay. That might've been, I got, I had gotten a lot of advice (laughs) on this thing. Yeah. Lots of it contradictory. Um, But um, I probably went down the road with four different companies trying to find the vanity. Ultimately, Mm -hmm. I should, I did what we, I should have done from the beginning is the people who did our kitchen was just the Home Depot custom cabinet counter. And mm-hmm. that's what we ended up doing in the bathroom. And they, um, you know, and, and that's the, the funny thing about going to a big box store like that is I went down that road with Lowe's and the designer was terrible. Mm-hmm. And we have two Home Depots in two neighboring towns. And I tried to go down it with one, the closer one. And that designer was terrible, but mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the one in a different town was fabulous. So it's, you know, yeah, it's not it's really everything is, is created or miss. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So, um, but yeah, once I, you know, I guess one thing I hadn't really thought about was again, decision fatigue that mm-hmm. I kept thinking, why is this so hard? And I realized that for the bathroom remodel, which just was the vanity and the light fixture in the mirror and mm-hmm. some paint. We didn't do the tub and the shower. It was the same number of decisions that I made when we did our kitchen remodel. It's mm-hmm. a it's a cabinet and a sink <laughs> and a faucet and handles and paint and lighting, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, but for like such a smaller payoff <laughs> than a kitchen, you know. Yeah, you. I heard you mention that that you you were fine with the kitchen remodel and you were surprised at how you know uh, challenging the bathroom seemed to I you. think is I didn't you have don't the have vision. a small bathroom either it's it's pretty sizable it's kind of a it, nice it's size. pretty big not huge but I mean I think mm-hmm. that I wanted that kitchen remodel and I knew what I wanted it to look like going in and I mm-hmm. just wanted someone to come in and fix this ugly bathroom but I I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted and I mm-hmm. I, I guess that's really it is you you need to have a vision for it or every decision is hard because mm-hmm. there's too many options if you if you're not yeah. going down a, a certain path already you know? yeah that's one of the uh, things too that I um I try to avoid with clients is too many options and some some of them want to see every option in the world <laughs> you're like there are so many right answers to this that you've just got to narrow it down to what you don't like and what appeals to you naturally with other things. And then I can help zero in on exactly yes. what you really are, you know, have in your mind, but you just don't know yet. Right. Well, some of the things that you were very helpful with was, um, I was a little afraid, you know, I'm a neutrals girl and I love color in some places, but, um, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I, I struggle with the use of color, which is an embarrassing thing to admit as a quilter, but it's true. I do. And so we, this, uh, the bathroom had before, 
um, had this very 1980s um, French country blue vibe to it, including parts of the tile floor. And we had painted an accent wall, which was all the rage in the 90s. Let's just be honest about it that. It was. <laughs> the one accent wall. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Everyone had the burgundy one in their dining room is what yeah. I remember. But yeah. we had this blue one because when you are like... In our bedroom, when you look towards the bathroom, you just see the tub and this big wall right behind it. And it just was so white. And that's what I was a little afraid of. And you were like, don't worry, you know, like just, you know, you helped me kind of uh, narrow down some um, very beautiful kind of like a linen type of a, a white color. And you said, we will fix the color issue with decor. Like, don't mm-hmm. worry. So I'm like, it's too much white. Should I do the accent wall? She's like, no, no, don't do the accent no wall. No accent wall, please. <laughs> <laughs> so that was very helpful. And then if um, you remember my whole dilemma, the mirror um, I, I yeah. was texting you when you were texting mm-hmm. me pictures. And um, ultimately you told me, go to a framer and just get one that fits that size exactly. And um, it was honestly expensive, but the guy measured it and he was, he was so good. And he said, just like, let me tell you what you want, because whatever you tell me is going to be too small. I'll tell you right now, I'm going to go bigger than anything you would imagine. And he, and he was right. And it's just a simple um, walnut frame, which Mm -hmm. I was really worried about because I won't, I didn't want, I was also afraid of it feeling sterile because we went with like the brush nickel look mm-hmm. um, and a lot of white. And so he did like a warmer wood frame that was, a, it doesn't match the cabinets. It's darker, but, mm-hmm. um, and we've kind of used that walnut darker wood accent in different areas on the mm-hmm. clock, on a picture frame. And, and I feel like it warms the space up a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. But that was the best decision. And I lost so much sleep over it <laughs> of, of being right. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, you know, what, when you're decorating, we all have budgets, um, unless we are, you know, lucky to be in the 1%, but I'm not, you're probably not. No, (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to assume, but, (laughs) um, so you have to put your investment to what's really going to make the impact, but also, um, where, the right size really matters. And with that mirror, you really needed it. You could not really do well with a um, standard, you know, commercial pre-made mirror size because a lot of them were too small. Yeah. And um, so and that's a trick that um, I use a, a lot. I mean, we have um, and I freelance for another designer and we just we do a lot of um, especially in bathrooms and powder rooms, uh, custom frame mirrors, because that's such an important feature. And it's a very hard one to find ready made. Yes. I mean, your every bathroom is these different dimensions. Mm-hmm. And so finding the the thing that really fits, because obviously the mirror is a big part of the room, you know, mm-hmm. so if it's yeah. too small, it's going to look awkward. Especially um, in your master bath where you get ready there every day. The other thing, too, is to just think about because I know it's hard to fathom like the expense of a custom frame thing. But when you piece it in the overall picture of your renovation, you know, give that piece more you know budget because and you can give other things much less budget but um because you're using it every day yes 
And yeah, so yeah. it's an important part of your daily living. So, I mean, yeah. if it were something that, you, you know, never gets used or, you know, is just pretty to look at, you know, that's a whole nother thing. Then you can definitely do whatever. But, you know, I, I feel like it's really important to have, you know, the right size for the mirror. And like you said, you, you have a nice skylight in your bathroom. So that also helps to re- bounce the light back into the room. Yes, yes. And the other thing in in redoing this bathroom is that we may never redo it again. <laughs> you know, right. I mean? it was yeah. so it, you know spend out on it because it's an investment. It's 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 mm-hmm. not you know uh, expensive towels or something that are going to go. Mm-hmm. It's something that's going to be there. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't know why we would ever even need another you know another mirror in there. It's it's perfect for it, and so it'll always right. be that way. Oh, I'm so yeah, happy to so. hear that. And um, when you refer to it's all white in there. Um, it is a warm white, though. It is. And that makes a huge, huge difference. And I didn't even realize how much until my friend and I, I do have a friend who's, um, she's not a professional interior decorator. She just has an eye and it's kind of a, a hobby. She's done a gazillion houses, but um, <laughs> we went, she helped me look for a floor. I didn't know where to look, what, what I wanted for the floor. And so we went to this tile place and we pulled some things Um and one I really liked in comparison to the other ones, we kept saying, it's going to be too brown. It's too dark. But I'm like, oh, I really like, well, let's just bring it home. And 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 when I brought it and put it next to the tub, I'm like, you know, this tub is not white. This is actually, it's it's kind of a, it's not cream, but it's a warmer like white. white. It's not, yeah. yeah. And I always assumed my tub was like a bright white, you know, <laughs> it never really had thought about it. And so when I put that kind of um, warmer tile on it, I was like, this is perfect. Mm-hmm. And, and when I walk into that room every day now, I think it's, it's really the floor that I love the most, the floor. I just, mm-hmm. I find the floor gorgeous. And so, and Good. I was so just happy that that fell into place. Um, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, so yeah, it is, it, I say white, the, but it's, everything's a very warm white. It's not cold mm-hmm. and, and sterile right. in any way. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, the other thing too, is that you had mentioned the word Zen a lot. So I kind of knew also what direction, especially like with the, um, accent wall and I'm like no that's not really zen (laughs) (laughs) that's true that brings a whole different energy to the bathroom and also your tub was you know the wall the accent wall was on the tub wall right yes so that's why you thought your tub looked white because it had that blue behind it which kind of made 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 it it cool even yeah than yeah than it really was yeah no that that makes sense yeah. So. yeah. so, yeah, I mean, it was fun. I, I, I'm so glad that you, um, you know, were so open to this and because um, I wanted to help you. <laughs> yes. Well, for, OK, I also just have to tell you another part. You were super helpful because I'm not mm-hmm. I don't feel really confident in the in accessorizing. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you were the one that, so I'm texting you pictures and saying, what do I do with this wall? And you're like, you need a big piece of art over the tub with some color, which is mm-hmm. what we did. And then, um, on the other wall, you're just like, you need some towels. And ultimately I got the, um, I think I just showed you this weekend. It was more of a, a towel rack that has a little shelf. So I could mm-hmm. put some, a little bit more going on there. And, but I've, uh, yeah, I've really struggled with the, 
the accessories and the color <laughs> and um, your suggestions have just kind of kept me going down the right road. As you oh, can good. tell, it's like a, a puddle of indecision when it comes to this stuff. It took, it was so hard to install that towel rack because I'm just like, I'm so scared it's going to be wrong. I was, I was afraid it was going <sighs> to crowd the picture because of the shelf, you know, right. and I'm like, it you doesn't. know, we're drilling these half inch, you know, holes That's in the true. wall. That's true. I know. And a, but, yeah, so, you know, it, it is only paint and you can't spackle. <laughs> I know. That's what I said to my husband. They're, spack, they're spackle. We have leftover paint. It's okay. <laughs> but it is hard to make those decisions like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, well, because you're so invested in it. And, mm-hmm. you know, and now that, that that stage of it is really the jewelry of the room. And, you know, you don't want to... Your jewelry can make or break it, right? Exactly. Yeah. It can. can. (laughs) So, so thank you for all the help. It's, uh, I'm very happy with it. It makes me, it's been done for a few months now, basically, you know, except for some of the accessory Mm -hmm. stuff. And I, I kind of smile every time I walk in there now, it just, Uh, it feels more, it it feels like my space. Yes. It just, it, it reflects me. And, uh, and I like that. That's the goal. Yes. I I just want, uh, when I work with clients, I want them to love their home and it really have to work around you know a combination uh, it's really a collaboration in what you know your um priorities and your needs are and what your likes are and and then putting that together with good design will make you so happy which you are happy I'm so glad I'm so glad yes. and um I'm also glad that you were open to when I suggested the color because um, I, I, what I did have a slight worry that it was everything was just going to be all neutral with no, <laughs> no color at all. <laughs> so, and when I saw the photo of that artwork with like the beautiful reds and blues, and it just really just made that room sing. It was just perfect. Yeah. And I was worried about not finding the right thing there. It was actually my husband that found that. And because he mm-hmm. he's more of the color person than I am, mm-hmm. actually. So he we're looking through just art.com mm-hmm. <laughs> at all the prints. And mm-hmm. um, and we settled on that one. And uh, and they were they were good to, to work with. Um, so, you know, that kind of is a, you know, more, you know, they will frame it for you. They'll send you the print or they will frame mm-hmm. it and ship it to you. So, um, so that worked out, but that took yeah, and, a few. And you got it the right size. Cause yeah. it is true that people are just notorious for doing everything too small. Um, except for sometimes sectionals, then they do those two. Big. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we actually started looking at that. We actually were going to go bigger. And then I actually went and got some painter's tape and taped out. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, oh, that's that is overwhelming this wall. So then we just well, like good. Went the that was a smart down. thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. So you can get an idea of the size of it because um, wall art is very, you know, tricky in that way because you don't. And when you're seeing it in um, first of all, online, it's hard to determine scale. And yes. then when you're seeing it in a store, 
you know, you've got like, you know, 25 foot ceiling and all the space around you. So you might think something is smaller than what it really is too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, I'm very visual. I needed to just you need to tape it. it up there. <laughs> I do. I do. So that worked. That work. My husband was like, what are you doing? But that's what I needed. <laughs> You're like, just let me do my thing. <laughs> yes. We just, we popped a bottle of wine and we just sat down with the computer and said, let's figure out this art thing. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I I am so glad and it turned out so nice and I'll get some photos from you or if yes. the photos some of the photos you sent me if you you know allow me to put post those onto the podcast blog yeah, uh, I'll send you some more. Airs. I want to get it fully styled before okay, good. I send, me I send some it more to you. Then. Yes, and okay, I'll send good. you some horrific. Yeah. You know, you've got the befores. I'll send you some befores mm-hmm. that kind of match the angle too to just show. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, what we were yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, it wasn't really. You weren't working with something that terrible. <laughs> I was ready Not though. At all. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just a nice feeling though when you do an update. So. Um, it just really is. And if I had all the budget in the world, I would be updating like, like my rich clients do <laughs> every yeah, five years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is the funniest thing to me because sometimes when we go in for a project and um, they're just talking about, oh, this is just, you know, it looks terrible. It's starting to get ratty looking and blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking at it and I'm like... What are you talking about? Because I don't see anything. Yeah, <laughs> it looks in perfect yeah. condition. And and even like a kitchen too. And then you just are like, this kitchen looks great. But, you know, they want the whole redo of, and we're well, talking like. I did like, Tuscany and now I want white and, you know. Yeah, like they, yeah. The and then change. all the all the smart appliances that come with it and everything. Uh-huh. I just, we just purchased a refrigerator last week and my husband and I, and um, there's this big, huge store about 45 minutes north of us called Apt, A-B-T. And it's. And they have, I mean, the largest <laughs> warehouse of trucks, and they serve the whole Chicagoland area, probably, and then some. And they have online sales too, so who knows? People around the, you know, country can get stuff too, like a microwave. Who knows? But um, and you go in there, and their showroom is huge, and it's almost like I hadn't been there in a, a, a while, and they had made some updates, and I'm like, this is like the Disneyland for adults. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, you know, because they sell TV screens and there was all this one section for the YouTubers with their little camera holders and stuff. And Oh, my goodness. Um, That's a whole new market. Yeah. And then we walked around and then there was a whole um, like fancy kitchen showroom part. OK. And there was this one. I mean, it's gorgeous. I said, oh, I've always wanted this, you know, French it's it's a French style of a of a um, oven stove, and um, but it was it had to have been at least eight foot wide, and it was the complete entire like um, stove and whatever it is encompass ovens, um, and then the backsplash with the all of the things, and then the giant hood coming over it with like the um brass or copper strips along it and then i look at the price tag for that whole setup $109,000 oh my gosh 
who does oh that? Gosh. But it sounds amazing. <laughs> it looked amazing. It was just like, wow, this, that, I probably might want to cook dinner if I had this kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> But would you really? <laughs> then you'd be like, no, I don't want it to get all greasy or spattered. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But it was oh, fun. And it was interesting just to see. Um, I mean, things have the prices have gone up so drastically. It's it's just it is insane. It's crazy. Um, like even the Lake Crusade. I love those. I have collected them over the years. Thank goodness, because the price that they are now, I could never yeah. Just you Yeah, know. but oh I I have two and I love them. So I I'm with you. We have an outlet here. Um and so you can get them a little bit cheaper, but not a ton. I know. Yeah, we have an outlet too and it's always the, the wrong color. Ah. <laughs> Although I have strayed. I started with that classic red and I have probably about three one, two, two of those. Yeah. And then I got on the outlet, it was um like that skillet uh, with the, you don't need to season the inside. Okay. And it was like this French blue color. And I'm like, okay, those I like are the that two colors color. I have. <laughs> and it goes. So, and I love yes. it. And so it's not the whole, so I'm not, I don't have the whole like just red thing anymore, but I like it. I, the red and the blue go well together anyway. So they do. And I've, I've got the red big front uh, Dutch oven. And then last yep. year, my husband bought me the blue. It's kind of it still a Dutch oven, but smaller, kind of because we thought we're not going to need the big Dutch oven as often. And it's our mm -hmm. favorite pot, but I'm not cooking for five people anymore. So we've got the mm -hmm. smaller one, which um, is just beautiful. So, yeah, I love I love their stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm the opposite with redoing. I want I want to get my house where I want it, which it has never been. And then just stop. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just like. <laughs> just live at it and not yeah. ever think about it. Um, but I, I can never, my problem is I feel like I never finish a room. Really? You know, it's like, I get it. Well, kind of how like it's been in, with the bathroom. Oh. I got 90% there. <laughs> with the and accessories. Then yeah. And that's kind of how it is. Like I, my family room is, is I like it, but what it really needs is some good throw pillows that bring in a color. So that's my problem. I'm a neutrals girl because yeah. I don't want to commit to a color scheme. Mm -hmm. And then my problem is, is I never add the color <laughs> because oh, I can't quite figure yeah. out like yeah. if, you know, oh, those, that, that red looks too stark. It looks too dark against all this neutral <laughs> or, uh, yeah. And so, uh, yeah. And so it's, I've got that. I mean, there is a whole aesthetic that is all the neutrals and that's what I'm rocking right now, but I kind of aspire to get some more color in there, but I. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Color is good. And I, I like neutrals too. In fact, I like a base of neutrals so that you can layer on the colors. Yes. Um, if you get around to laying around, laying around <laughs> the colors. <laughs> well, I mean, you can even sew your own pillows and try it out. And yes, um, sort of that's how you can audition colors for what you want. I've been threatening to do that. And I think and that is really good. And then spend more money if you want like the fancier, you know, decorator fabric pillows. Um, so you won't make a mistake there. You can just, you know, sew yeah. some simple ones up and see how you like the color. Because sometimes you have, all right, when you're not used to seeing color like that and you're used to your neutral palette, um, that splash of color can be jarring at first. But if you live with it for a little bit, I think you get a better feel for either either 
a couple of things are going to happen. You're going to start, it's going to be irritating you or it's growing on me. I think I like it. Oh yeah, yeah, this really looks so much better. And then when you take it away, you see that it's really missing. Yes. So, and that's exactly, yeah. that's a good idea. I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. I've been kind of thinking about the whole sewing pillows and, and even some of the more, you know, kind of pricier, like pottery barn pillows. Mm-hmm. They don't even have any piping or anything. They're just a, a 24 inch zipper thing. So I'm just yes. like, okay, I don't need to worry about putting, you know, the, the flange or something. I can just sew two big things and I know how to do a zipper and that would really help me get better at it and, yeah. and just try some color schemes. Yeah. That's yeah. a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Cool. You've inspired me. We just did an <laughs> online <laughs> consult. <laughs> yes. So I was, was going to ask you what was, <laughs> what was next on your decorating list, but I think that's next. So I think it is. It wasn't. That's not what I was thinking it is. But oh, I think that's, what were you thinking? <laughs> uh, well, uh, we've got these two kids' bedrooms. I've got three kids, two bedrooms. The boys always shared. And we're empty nesters. They're out. The So I need to figure out what to do with these spaces. Um in a way that enables all three kids to still come home at the same time. So I can't get rid of like, we actually, it's embarrassing, but we've got bunk beds for these two 20 something, <laughs> six, four men. But I, you know, that's the, the, what they're they still young. <laughs> yeah. But um, I kind of like to move my sewing space into what was my daughter's room, but still trying to figure out how do I fit things like a cutting table and, and all that mm. and still have the, a bed. I'm thinking the dresser might need to go. We don't need to have a dresser in a guest room. <laughs> yeah. Toss that dresser. It takes up too much space. <laughs> it really does. I think that's, that could be, that's my cutting table space right there. So, um, so that's. Depending it's, upon it's how gonna, tall that dresser is though, because you could convert that to a cutting or you could cut, convert it to a, the whole top of it to like an ironing. Ironing station. Space. Yes. I've definitely station. seen that. But it's not, it's, it's, it, the, the size of the height of it would be fine. It's just, it's not deep enough for a cutting. I've even, yeah. Uh, and I want, yeah. I'm a 24 by 36 inch cutting oh, mat yeah. gal. So, yeah. um, but, uh, so it's, it's more like ideas are marinating in my mind here, but uh-huh. that these rooms, they need to be painted. So they, they need a plan. And so oh, cool. that, that's, what's yeah, next. that's fun. I like it, that. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Not so much fun for you, but <laughs> yeah, it'll be great when it's done. But uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Trying but, to figure it out. Yeah. And it's just kind of like your next um, sort of uh, chapter in your living space and life. Exactly. And, yeah. To so, make it fit where we are in our lives, yeah. where uh, 300 and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't know, 50 days a year, we don't mm-hmm. need to have these as sleeping areas, you know? Right, right. Um, mm-hmm. So, so we'll see. Good. It's exciting. Yeah. All right. Well, that is exciting for your decorating. I love it. And I love that you love your bathroom. That makes me so happy. Um, so, um, it's, gosh, we've been talking for a while and I don't even believe it was that long. Um, but, <laughs> It's been fun. I really am glad that you came onto my show. And um, because I, you know, people have written to me that they love the decorating episodes. So um, I guess I got to keep, you know, coming up with stuff (laughs) for those episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this is going to be a good one. And uh, in conclusion, um, I think we probably already even talked about it. Your what on your your to do list for your hobbies for the rest of the year? Probably some cross stitching. 
Yeah. I, I, again, I don't have like, you know, I need to have things done by a certain time. I want to work on that mm-hmm. elementary shawl and mm-hmm. knock out the quilts we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in the middle of a big cross-stitch project now called Flea Market Flowers. It has this uh, Scandinavian flower look, so it's not oh, really homespun. I love that. Yes, yeah. I, I love that, that look. That fit my aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that'll take me till the end of the year. It's just, it's a big project. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm perfectly happy just sitting there mm. for, you know, every night stitching on that. So that's oh, kind of where I'm at. Very nice. I love it. All right. Well, let's just, I'll put it all on the um, podcast blog, but where everyone can find you on Instagram, Facebook, blog, podcast. Um, so yeah, my, um, you can find everything if you go to the blog, which is Simple Handmade Every Day. You'll you'll find it if you Google that, but it's kristinesser.com, um, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-S-S-E-R. And um, I'm Kristen Esser on Instagram mm-hmm. and um, Simple Handmade Every Day on Facebook. Good. And Kristen okay. Esser on YouTube. So one of those awesome. two will <laughs> handle to get you everywhere you need to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Thank you so much, Kristen. It was so much fun talking with you. And uh, it's just happy crafting for the rest of the year. Absolutely. <laughs> I can't Thank even believe you. we're almost done with 2022. It's Absolutely. insane. It was a, it was yeah. a pleasure. And again, thank you so much for all the help with the bathroom. I seriously oh, would have still been just not it, with making no decisions without your help. So I appreciate oh, it. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was a pleasure and it was fun. So, um, and of course I did have a slight ulterior motive to have it on a podcast. So, <laughs> Okay with me. If I'm going to be honest, (laughs) I'll trade you. I'll help you with this if you help me with that. I think I came out the winner on that, so no problem. (laughs) Yep. Okay. Well, I will talk with you soon and I will be continuing to listen to your podcast as well. Thanks. All right. Thank you. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I had so much fun chatting with Kristen. We definitely could have talked all day long, <laughs> as seems to be the case with all of my guests. But I just, I before you go, I want to wish all of you the happiest of the upcoming holidays and to enjoy the time with your loved ones and with all of your crafting and decorating activities. Thank you for listening to my Little Maker podcast. Happy holidays, and I will chat with you again in February of 2023. Bye-bye.